Welcome to Light for the Journey, a podcast of Russell Memorial United Methodist Church. Each week, we open the scriptures in faith that the timeless truth of God will guide us as we seek to follow in the steps of Jesus. Where do you look for satisfaction? Do you find satisfaction when you succeed at work, or in your skills and hobbies, or in the joys of your family? In this week's message, Pastor David Cartwright reminds us that the most refreshing satisfaction comes from God and gives some suggestions on how to find it. As we go to our message today, let's open our hearts and minds to the truth that God would speak to us. I invite you to turn in your scripture to John chapter 7. We'll read there just a few verses from verse 37 through 39. The context of this, it's told in verse 2 of that chapter that uh, Jesus was gathered with the Jews in Jerusalem for the Feast of Booths, otherwise known as the Feast of Tabernacles. So this would have been one of the three major pilgrimage feasts for the Jews. Many of them would have been gathered in Jerusalem for this. And it's in the midst of this gathering that we read in verse 37. It says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. In these moments, Lord, dwell richly in our midst. Abide by your Holy Spirit so that our hearts and our minds are open and attentive to your voice. I pray, Lord, for the guidance and the empowering of your Holy Spirit so that the words I speak would be words of your truth. May they be spoken in simplicity that we might understand, full of grace that they would be received in our hearts. May you and you alone receive praise and glory for any and every good thing that we receive now. For it is in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. There's a phrase found in the Psalms, and I suspect that most of us would uh, agree that the language describes pretty well what it feels like in our world today. The phrase is, a dry and weary land where there is no water. A dry, weary land where there is no water. I would say most of us enjoy the feeling of satisfaction, don't we? We experience that in quite a number of ways. Uh, Contentment, gratification, fulfillment, satisfaction. We like the feeling, and it comes to us in pretty simple ways. 
maybe after you've had a very well-prepared meal and you sit back with that uh, feeling of satisfaction, every once in a while maybe over-satisfied. Or that tall, cold drink of sweet tea on a really hot day. Or substitute your favorite cold beverage. Satisfaction. We feel satisfaction after we have given our the strength of our body in some kind of effort that is generally accepted in our society as being a good deed. You, you go, you sweat, and you sit back afterward and you feel that satisfaction of knowing that you've done something that is determined to be good. Or maybe just personally after you've had a day where you've worked hard at your to-do list Everything's gone smoothly, and when the end of the day comes, you have that, that sense of satisfaction. You feel satisfaction after maybe you've spent some time with some family members or some friends that are really close, and, and that time together gives you that sense of being refreshed and satisfied. We know the feeling of being satisfied, and we like the feeling of being satisfied, so it's natural for us to pursue the feeling of being satisfied. There's nothing wrong with the feeling. The trouble is that sometimes we don't always seek it in the right ways. Couple that with the reality that many of the ways that we we receive satisfaction are really based on things that are at least partly out of our control. They're external factors that if they are, if, if the factors are not put together right, we, we are left without satisfaction. I remember so many years ago, I mean, I was a teenager when I, when I saw this, and so I'm really going back in my memory, but there was a cartoon that I saw one day. There was, there was no caption with it. It didn't need one. It was just simply a, a drawing of a tractor trailer hauling fuel that was left stalled along the road. And the driver of the vehicle walking away from the vehicle up the road with an utterly disgusted look on his face and a gas can in his hand. Now don't overcomplicate the picture. Just let the picture and its irony speak to you. A truck hauling fuel that has run out of gas. It is the irony that makes it funny. Somehow I picture that there is a similar irony when the people who are the children of God in Jesus Christ, spirit-born, spirit-filled, pursuing, walking in the paths of Jesus, find ourselves in life feeling dry, weary, not knowing where we can gain the feeling of satisfaction, to be refreshed. Because of what Jesus says, there is irony in that. As I said to you, this text comes from us. The context is that celebration of the Festival of Booths, the Festival of Tabernacles. 
The Jews would have gathered around Jerusalem. It is a time when they spend a week remembering the journey in, in the wilderness. Their, their ancestors who journeyed out of Egypt toward the promised land and spending those 40 years abiding in the wilderness. And as a part of a way of remembering that, they would, they would have built booths, tabernacles, out of palm branches or other leafy branches that are assembled. They would live in those booths for the whole week, and they would go through all of these different uh, ceremonies during the week of celebration. They're remembering God's provision for them. And one of the things that they would have done during this week is that there would have been a ceremony in which the priests would have gone out of the temple. They go down to the pool of Siloam there in the city. They get water, and then they bring the water back up into the temple. And when they get to the temple, they pour the water out onto at the base of the altar that is in the temple. The, the act of doing that has a couple of levels of meaning. One is that they are thanking God for the upcoming rains that will come in, in the winter season that will give them a new crop in the coming year. But there's also a symbolism of the pouring out of that water as an anticipation of God pouring forth His Spirit when Messiah comes. They know that in the day of the Lord, when, when Messiah comes, that God will pour forth his spirit upon all mankind. And so the pouring, pouring out of that water is as an act of saying we anticipate the time when Messiah comes and the spirit of God will be given. Picture, if you will, in that setting, when Jesus stands up in the middle of the people and says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Because as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. What a beautiful picture where Jesus says, if you want satisfaction, you find it in me. The scriptures so often paint powerful pictures for us. Hear these words from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 and 2. The prophet says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Wonderful words. Come to me without cost. Get that which is refreshing and nourish yourself. Listen to the question again. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Do those words not speak to where we are today in our world? There are so many things that tell us we will bring satisfaction to you. And the prophetic word still says, why are you spending your time, your resources, your money, why are you chasing after these things that will never ultimately bring to you satisfaction? It's a good question. 
It's been said that there is a God-shaped hole within every one of us, and it will never be filled until it is filled by God. I would consent that there is truth in what that saying uh, conveys. I don't know to what degree we can get Scripture and, and confirm it. I'm sure that there are probably some Scriptures that would resonate with it. But the, the, the general sentiment of that saying, I would say, is pretty accurate. The, the saint of the church known as St. Augustine uh, came to his walk with Christ after some years of life. Uh, after being a Christian for some years, he wrote what has been traditionally called his Confessions. It's been called a work that is autobiographical. It's written in prayer language, like a conversation between him and God. And it's from those Confessions that, that this very familiar statement comes, where, where uh, Augustine says, quote, and he's, he's, he's talking to God when he says this. He says, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You hear that? Our hearts are restless, God, until they find rest in you. This is a person who, before he was Christian, sought satisfaction in life by all kinds of different means. So when he says this, he's talking from experience of someone who understands that we can pursue satisfaction in all kinds of different ways, but our hearts will remain restless until they rest in God. Think again with me, if you would, of the children of Israel in the wilderness. Do you know what you have in the wilderness? Pretty much nothing except God. And that's really the power of it. In the wilderness, you have only what God provides for you. When they needed food, where did they get it? From God, who gave them manna every morning that they may gather it. When they needed water, where did they get it? From God, who gave them water from the rock. God provided that during the years of their wilderness wandering, their clothes, their shoes did not wear out. The whole experience of the wilderness wandering was God's way of saying, I want to make sure you understand that you know where your provision comes from. He taught them in the wilderness so that they would know how to live in a land of plenty. When they had everything else, that they wouldn't forget that their only real source of provision is in God. But you know what happened? They forgot. And I wonder if it's not the same for us, that in a land where we have had so much that we forget that our only real source of provision, our only real source of having deep satisfaction Refreshment in the soul is in God and God alone. Again, let me share the words of the prophet Jeremiah. I want you to hear the imagery that he offers here. In Jeremiah 2, verse 13, the prophet says, speaking for God, For my people have committed two evils. 
They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Again, listen to the imagery that God uses. My people have forsaken me, the source of living water. You know what living water is? It's water that runs. It's water that is fresh. It is refreshing. It's life-giving. It tends to be clean and pure. And that is the way God describes himself as the source of water that brings life. He says, my people have forsaken that so that they may have cisterns. Do you know what cistern water is like? Now, granted, cistern water is better than no water at all. But cistern water gets stale. Without being too graphic, stuff gets in it. I ask you, which would you rather have, cistern water or living water? The answer seems pretty obvious. But amazingly, God says, my people have forsaken me, the source of living water, and have chosen for themselves rather to have things that are only like cistern water. And even for that, the, the cisterns they have are broken. They don't even really hold the water. But my people would rather have that. We read that and we think that doesn't make any sense. But I wonder if we're not just as guilty. There are broken cisterns in our society today. And I have a feeling that we too often drink from them. I'll share with you a couple of thoughts. There are probably others. Consider, if you would, the culture in which we live. A culture in which the term retail therapy needs no explanation. I don't have to tell anyone in here what retail therapy means. The satisfaction of going out and doing a little shopping. Before you get offended, I don't care if you go shopping, okay? But the fact that we look to that as some sense of satisfaction? There are really two problems with retail therapy. One is that the therapy only lasts as long as the money lasts. Okay? And the other is, even if the money lasts, the effects of retail therapy are pretty short-lived. Okay? I have never met a woman who said, oh, you know, I remember I went out and bought that dress. I just need a little retail therapy. I went out, and I found that dress. It was 50% off. I tried it on. It looked so, it fit me like a glove. It was, it looked so good. I bought that dress, and I went home, and I felt so good. Man, I just feel so good about, when did you buy the dress? Oh, that was about five years ago. I promise you, the effects of buying that dress wore off a long time ago. Now, women don't, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. Men, we can be just as... You know, whether it's the bass boat or, you know, whatever it is. You see, retail therapy is short-lived. And pretty soon, what do you have to do? You have to go buy something else. 
But that's our culture. Or consider, if you would, the toxic environment of social media. And it is. Even without getting into the toxic environment part of it, it has been very well demonstrated that social media has psychological effects on us. There are, there are people, statistics have shown, who have, they're, they're, when you post something to your social media site and then other people like it, or whatever the equivalent might be, there's that sense of satisfaction that comes because there's affirmation from, from friends or for other people. And it, it affects us. Okay? There are people who have indicated on surveys that that, that uh, sense of satisfaction that they get from those likes on social media is one of the primary reasons that they do it by their own confession. But a like on Facebook, the satisfaction is pretty short-lived. Pretty soon you have to have another one and another one. Let's add into it, if we might, the fact that our social media today has been largely taken over for the purposes of argumentation. Somebody say amen. There, there's a dynamic that I imagine in my mind. I'm going to share it with you because I am absolutely convinced that there's truth in it. And it has to do with the satisfaction we get. We go to our social media and we say, I'm, I'm going to set this straight once and for all. For all of those people out there who just don't have a clue, I'm going to post something that is going to settle the argument once and for all. And you're going to, you're going to put that thing out there and, and it's going to be uh, backed by statistics and other people are going to be in agreement with it and, and the satisfaction you get is going to come when other people comment on it and they say, yeah, absolutely, boy, you got it right, man. It's just too bad that other people don't see it this way. And there's that satisfaction, uh, now, I have done the world a service by putting this out there. And the satisfaction lasts until you get back on your social media and you start scrolling through and you realize that post you put out did not change one person's opinion. So you know what you do? You post something else <laughs> in the belief that it's all going to change. It's a cycle and it just goes over and over and over again. I want to ask you a question. For those of you who work, who, who use Facebook, don't answer out loud, please. How do you feel once you've spent five minutes or ten minutes or however long it takes scrolling through and looking what's on Facebook? Do you feel refreshed? Now, my guess is no. Maybe a few of you, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that by and large, what you feel is drained, angered, frustrated, tired, the list could go on. But yet, we pursue things like this, hoping to find refreshment, 
satisfaction. Add on to all of this in our current world, country, national, local situation with the way that things have gone this year with everything being turned upside down. Consider our young people who have hopes of uh, the way school is going to go and we haven't known about that. The way that extracurricular activities, whether it's sports or other things, how are we going to get to do this? Are we going to get to do that? We don't know. We may not get to do it at all. We may get to do it, but it's going to be modified in some way. The, everything has been hung in uncertainty. And it has impacted us deeply as a society. And I want to say that clearly because it's not just about 60-year-olds and 40-year-olds or 30-year-olds. It's about 20-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 14-year-olds and 12-year-olds. It has impacted us so greatly. And we have to recognize the way we feel right now <laughs> is that we just want to be refreshed. We want something that is going to come inside and take from us that feeling of being dry and parched and left undone. And I have to hearken back to the words of Jesus who says, come to me. Come to me the source of refreshment. The one who comes to me will find that within himself springs of living water will rise up. That's a powerful image. What would it look like If every day our sole pursuit was Jesus Christ, not all these other things, if our sole pursuit was Jesus Christ, let me qualify, okay? I said a moment ago, I don't care if you go shopping, shop to your heart's content. I don't care if you use social media. The point is, we cannot look to any of these things to give us satisfaction in the deepest part of our being. It will only come when we pursue Jesus Christ. And if we will pursue Jesus Christ and Him alone, we might just find how deep the joy can run for someone whose, whose heart and soul is in complete resonance with the Holy Spirit working within us. And that's the picture that Jesus gives. Jesus doesn't say that, that there will be uh, living water flowing around you, kind of like the manna was out there around the people of Israel so that they could go out and get it. He says that the source is going to be within you, rising up. 
He's put it in there. Seek it. And maybe in seeking after all those things and finding that he will truly give our spirits refreshment, that it might just break that tendency to be pursuing satisfaction in all these other ways. We are living in a source, in a, in a land that is dry and weary. I want to invite you, brothers and sisters, to pursue the true source of satisfaction. If you want your heart refreshed, to look to Jesus today. And as we go into a time of prayer, I want the words of Psalm 63, verse 1, to take us there. Would you hear these words? O God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Would you pray with me? Gracious Father, we confess to you that we have sought to be refreshed. We have sought satisfaction in in ways and places that really have no lasting value. And in many ways we have been like your children of old who have turned our backs on the true source of living water and instead sought cisterns of stale water. But God, we believe the promise that Jesus spoke so long ago, that by your Holy Spirit you will cause to rise up within us refreshment, the power of your Holy Spirit to satisfy our hearts, to satisfy our deepest longings. God, we keep learning the same lessons over and over. The words of St. Augustine ring so powerfully for us. And we find out once again that until our hearts rest in you, they will be restless. So I pray for us, Father, that, um, that you would call us back to you, that you would help us in the days ahead to not be drawn to chase after so many things, thinking that we are ultimately going to be satisfied, but rather, Lord, that we would look to you, that we would take our refreshment from you, and to be able to walk in that satisfaction in its fullness each day. We thank you that in Jesus Christ you have given it to us. We thank you by the Holy Spirit that we have it internally always. We pray, God, that we may never turn our backs on it and to walk in that refreshment each day. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. We're glad that you chose to spend this time with us in God's Word. You can catch our worship services online at www.rmumc.net. 
May the Lord grant you the light of his truth as you journey through this day.